Um, so this is less depressed creatives. It's always a mouthful to say this, but I'm getting better at it. Less My third depressed. Time. Less depressed creatives. Uh, I'm Josh, aka Ravilla, uh, and today I'm here with Jono. Hey, of, hey. Of Verber term. <laughs> <laughs> it was going so good. <laughs> now here with Jono yeah. Yeah, do you actually want to tell us what you <laughs> yeah. do, John? Instead of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm John O'Cruz, um, a music producer. Aspire, I always say aspiring. Aspire. Aspiring music producer. Emerging. Emerging music producer. Um, my current project is Vibrator. That's uh, literally the word vibrator without the vowels. So That's why I have such a hard time enunciating. Yeah, VBRTR. Uh, been doing that for a couple of years, and here we are. Doing our thing. Um, so, <clears throat> I guess, how far back does your music career span? You mean in terms of when I decided to do it professionally, yeah. or when I just got into it in general? Uh, when you just, like, both, actually. Okay. Mm, professionally, I I guess that would have started when I was around... 23 oh, i guess almost five years ago oh literally five years i'm 28 literally i just turned 28 happy birthday <laughs> thank you um yeah around when i was 23 that's when i decided to go to school or go back to school take music production learn a little bit about the music business and well just business in general i guess uh and then, yeah, that's when I guess I would call myself uh, a professional rather than an amateur. Um, so, so, like, when did you start doing just music in, in general? In general? Well, I started in band around grade... F when did they start band? Grade four? Grade three or four, something grade, like that? Yeah, I started yeah. playing trumpet. So I, always, I actually have always liked music and wanted music in my life in some capacity. Um, but as far as like doing music production, I think I started that when I was around like 11, 10, 11. Yeah. And so, how did how did that start out? Oh, I just had a computer. I don't know. You know, you, we take it for granted now that everything you make is just based off of a computer. Even all the uh, the keyboards that you play on or it's synths or they're, it's just a computer emulating sounds, right? Um, but I had a really old PC that I pirated. What was it called? Like. It was it was an FL studio at the time. It was Fruity Loops, mm -hmm. and uh, I had it pirated, and I was just making really dorky computer music for well ever since then. Actually, yeah. Uh, do you still use FL Studio? Oh, I wish, I wish. I, I I love the interface, and technically all the DAWs do the same thing when it comes right down to it. But FL Studio is so much fun. So, what did you do? Or sorry, what did your parents do when you were growing up? And like, how did that shape what you do now or like your creative practice? Man, that got so deep. <laughs> we're just getting, <laughs> we're getting straight into it now. Uh, when I was growing up, well, my dad ran a couple businesses. So he ran a, a poultry business and he also had a restaurant. Uh, my mom uh, worked, worked a lot of jobs to support us, usually just within the, the health region. Um, so did you grow up here or was this, yeah, or, this was yeah, all in okay. Saskatoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as how it impacted me, I guess I've always 
had examples of really stressed out hard workers around me. And, and so it, it kind of just normalized that level of work, you know, in my mind. So, um, I guess now that in my early adult life, I guess I'm, I, I, I let myself get to that point sometimes. And I guess that's where that comes from. Um, is just seeing that around me. So, but like you also, you don't just do music, right? Like you do a little bit of dance as well too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think at the, like the core of who I am, I, I like to think of myself as just a creative, whether or not I struggle with, um, I sometimes struggle with calling myself a professional just cause you know, there's not a whole lot of money that comes in from, from doing this stuff, but I really just like making stuff. I like, you know, starting from nothing and then something comes out of it. And, you know, my blood, sweat and tears are the catalyst to that. You know, I love that process and I love seeing whatever comes out. So like right now I'm, I'm also involved in folk fest. Um, one of the cultural coordinators um, for, for which for the Philippines, uh, pavilion. Um, so that involves choreographing the, uh, occasional dance right now. I'm working on one that's, uh, a little bigger than what I'm used to, but I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving the responsibility of it because it's, I don't know, really challenging myself here as, uh, especially always having thought of myself as a musician or, or a music oriented person for the longest time before this. And now I'm like, well, can I, can I dance? Or can I, well, no, can I get other people to look good dancing my choreography? I think is what I'm more so worried about. But. So you didn't, you didn't always do your own choreography or like, how did that, how does that work? I'm not a dancer. So. Okay. Well, in, in folk dancing, it's all tradition based, right? So, um, a lot of what we dance is based on stuff that has been around for a while. You know, there's the common folk dances and they just kind of get slightly tweaked or modified for um different events but it's all the same dance so there's the one dance called like uh the the tinikling for example that's one where um you got these bamboos and you got people jumping in and out of the bamboo trying to get clapped which is basically what it looks like to to a layman um but the premise of the dance is they're imitating these uh tickling birds and so it's tinikling um so you'll see You'll always see this dance performed, uh, well, not always, but it's commonly performed as the national dance of the Philippines. So you'll see various, various choreographies for it, um, but it's, it's still the same dance, right? So um, for the dance I'm doing right now, it is basically going from scratch um, or coming from scratch, sorry. Yeah. So it's a little bit of like a break from tradition no, it's just that it, as our, our dance group doesn't really have this in our repertoire, at least doesn't have a, a super strong choreography for this, for this dance. So I'm trying to build one that we can add to our repertoire. Hopefully that this one will get passed down to uh, further generations of our dance group. Yeah. I, yeah, like I, I can't dance whatsoever. What's like, a, I guess, a typical day? Let's take it from both perspectives because, yeah. And this is actually a theme that I've kind of seen is that like most creatives haven't been in just one, in one, I, I guess, prof profession. I, I can't think of a better word for it. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing more than one creative practice. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you're doing, like what would you say is more your focus as of right now? More the music or more the, the dance stuff? 
Um, in terms of stress, <laughs> equally both. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mean I don't mean stress in a bad way. Like, I guess the way I'm using the word stress right now is just focus. I'm you know it's evenly divided at the moment. Okay. You know they they're both equally important. Uh, do you want to take us through kind of uh, like a typical day, I guess, uh, doing music for you? Doing like music. how does, yeah, how does that look? A typical, like in the studio or just the, like just in my life in it, general? Both actually. Okay. Yeah. Let's start from, let's take it from like the, the big picture. The big day picture day, where I wake then, up, uh, yeah. I rush to work, you know, throw in my <laughs> packed lunch into my bag. I have a day job, you know, like a lot of creatives these days. Um, so I spend most of the day working, but also just actually just thinking about creating while I'm at work. Um, but I've thought about if I were to switch jobs to something where I'm not, you know, actively processing in my mind, like, oh, how do I sell this to this customer? If I'm doing something a little bit more mundane, I can free up a lot of mental space where, I don't know, as a creative, and maybe you can relate to this, but as a creative with the day job, I find myself creating in advance i have sketches that i just like even if i don't have time to put it to pen and paper because i'm literally working i have i have mind maps of stuff that i want to do and and then when i get home it's just a matter of executing with what little time i have to do it um but yeah so that's that's how my day starts and then um i'll get i'll get yelled at for being all distracted and stuff and then come home and snack uh, maybe lay down for a bit just to get back into a regular headspace, and um, yeah. Then usually I'll just sit down at the at the desk and just let myself wander a bit. Um, I don't. So that's in the studio that we are currently. That's in the one sitting in. This one right here. Yeah, uh, we're in my basement right now. Yeah. Nice and cool down here. Um. So you said sit down and kind of let yourself wander, like. Mm hmm. Even then, like, what what does that look like? Do you are you literally just like everything's off and you're just like, no, <laughs> just just start frolicking around the basement. <laughs> um, no, I I just mean in terms of well, what I used to sit down and have a checklist and just go right to the checklist because there are things I objectively need to get done by the end of the night, but I found that just jumping straight to that just kind of creates that work resentment a little too soon in the process so you know if I, I notice oh my I haven't listened to this project in a while I'm just gonna listen to this old one for fun kind of thing and play around with it for about 10 minutes that kind of thing at least so I can feel like I got to play you know and and that's kind of the thing I learned at least for myself transitioning from an amateur to having to see myself as a professional as you know even though you do let go of that amateur uh uh, mentality, you still need to let yourself play, you know, it, it still needs to feel like something you can have fun with if you just, if you chose to. Right. And so do you set like a certain amount of time or does it kind of just depend on like what the, what the mood and feel is? No, that's a good idea. I should probably, I used to have a timer actually. Mm -hmm. I used to have a, it ran out of batteries. <laughs> that's probably like, that was probably <laughs> why that practice ended. Eh? Yeah, because of the batteries. <laughs> Always keep extra pairs of batteries. Well, no, and then I went yeah. to the source and I yeah. bought this stopwatch and I was like, oh yeah, this will do what I need. Yeah. Like it's a, like you set a number of minutes and you press start and then it counts down and then it beeps, right? Um, 
and it didn't have that built in. So I wasted what? like 15 bucks on that thing. The timer, yeah. the stopwatch didn't have a beep? It didn't have a countdown timer. Oh, so it just like go up. It goes like, up. Yeah. yeah. Like laps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you could have seen how many sessions you yeah. were getting. <laughs> and then Lee was like, you're so dumb. You should have just used your phone. And then I was like, well, that's the whole point is just to not have the yeah. phone around. Just even the timer, you want to forget that the timer's there mm. so that you can actually lose yourself in the session. I have, there's dogs upstairs. Um, Nobody's <laughs> dying or anything. <laughs> Hashtag nobody dies. Nobody dies. Yeah. Um, but no, I should look into having maybe a set amount of time. Um, so once you're done with that, like free kind of playtime, what, what, what do you go to next? It, just whatever I have laid out for the day. So that's where I would maybe have the checklist written in my phone, like, oh, uh, turn down the hi-hats in so-and-so project or type out revisions to send to Mix Engineer, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it seems like you have like a pretty, like you, you've set a, a time for you to have like that play, but like it seems like you usually have like a very regimented way of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're kind of talking about how like that kind of came from your parents too, right? I mean, I had never drawn that connection until today mm -hmm. when you mentioned it. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a, that's a takeaway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that make you like, is that, is that a bad thing? Is it, you, no, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I might, I might, uh, call my mom right after this and be like, Hey ma, thanks. <laughs> um, so like you, you also mentioned though, that like you you talk about like it in stress in mm -hmm. stress terms and not you, you, you changed it to focus, but like initially you were saying like stress. Yeah. Um, so like what kind of stresses do you find like are, come with being in like a creative industry? Well, I mean, I, I say stress on the most basic physiological level. Like when I think about this thing, my heart rate increases, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, somehow this thought or this whatever project is taxing my body in the slightest way it's just literally increasing my heart rate so that's what i mean it's just you so usually you can say anything that's important in your life is going to be stressful and so i approach like art the same way if I, I i really care about everything that i make and so you know inevitably that's there's going to be times where i'm a little bit too stressed out you know it's directly proportional to how much i care about a project right so mm. So you find that like the more you care about the project, the more stress out. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't know. Then I, f I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I find like, I'll start to notice when my stress is actually just ruining it. You know, it's like, you need to stop caring because it's ruining the project. You know, can you the, talk about a specific instance where this happened? Um, Do you feel comfortable with that? There is a song I'm working on right now, actually. And, and the whole vibe of the song is supposed to be very, uh, um, you remember that song because I got high Yeah, by yeah. Afro man. Yeah. Did it oh, sound like he cared a whole lot when he wrote it? No, no. no. And, and that's what's so That's why people listen to it is because that, that transmutes when, when they listen to it, they mm. want to feel that. And, um, it's, it's a, it's kind of a paradox. If I were to ask you to, I need you to perfectly execute a better a song that does that better and you're like oh shit okay you all of a sudden you're completely accountable for this really important project you have to do better you're competing against this song 
that is that did so well because he didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you find that balance? So that's I actually have a song right now that's supposed to just be really feel good, really laid back, and really perfectly capture that vibe. And I had a moment a few nights ago, and it wasn't even the writing; it was just the mixing of it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing some like just rough mixing for the for the audio or for the levels, and I was like, I, I'm caring a little bit way too much about the sonic quality here, and it's turning into something else just because of that. So I actually, that's when I, I, I cut that session short because I was getting really frustrated and I just went upstairs and just lay down for a bit. Yeah. So do you kind of, how, how often do you actually sit down and, and do music stuff then? Or music related? Like Honestly speaking, mixing? I mean, it's yeah. pretty seasonal. Um, yeah. Now that, well, for Vibrator, now that yeah. Vibrator has... Um, more stuff on the go um maybe it would it would average out to like an hour a day so it's not a whole lot that's still like you 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 just like strike me as somebody who's like actually like you have that time and like you set that time Mm -hmm. in your schedule for it like even if it's not a lot like an hour is still like some people are like shit i Like me, maybe, where it's like sometimes you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even pick up a guitar or like I didn't, yeah. I didn't even set aside any time for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it can be a lot, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been in, in this field for long enough that I know approximately how long something will take, you know, it's not like, oh, I gotta sit, I just gotta sit in this mystery studio room for, uh, and just disappear for an eternity until something magical comes. I was like, no, I know concretely that thing I want to do will take yeah. me 10 minutes. Right. Easy. But know? that came from like a lot of, that came from um, a lot of ooh, mystery sitting down, creating art. <laughs> it's like, no, it's pretty technical. It's pretty objective. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually asked this to Devin last week or <laughs> yesterday mm. as of the recording. Uh, but uh, like for every, and obviously this this changes over time, but what would you say, how many good songs, or how many bad songs does it take you to get to a good song? Because for me, the ratio is like, you know, if I'm in a good period, it's like one out of three, if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if it's really bad, then I can go, you know, forever. And you're <laughs> like, none of this works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard to answer. Well... I mean, the first thing that's going to skew my answer a bit is because I, I don't do a whole lot of the writing, writing mm. lately. Um, shout out to of, Lee. Shout out to Lee. He's, so you'll have to ask him, maybe yeah. sit down with him and yeah. be like, how many drafts does it take you to come up with something yeah. that actually works? Because all I hear is something that works. He'll, he'll usually only send it to me if it's working or if he mm. thinks it's working. And so I'm, I don't know. I just check my, my messages and there's just gold in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love you, Lee. <laughs> love you, Lee. Um, but it, maybe in terms of like beats, if yeah. I'm, if yeah. I'm uh, constructing beats, I can usually make something that I don't hate every time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how many of those end up getting used? Um, in vibrator? Yeah, or just in general, I guess too. Um. Very few. I mean, it's because it's one thing to make a, there's more producer talk, I guess, but it's one thing to make a loop 
you know, a loop that, you know, is really working. And then it's another thing to know what to do with it. You know, like you, you're subscribed to, to splice, right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of loops on there and, and, you know, I don't know how long any of those took to, to make into something that's really good. And it sounds as good as it is now, but you know, it takes someone like you to scroll through them and be like, that has song potential. That one's going to be a loop for the rest of its life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast if you, if, if you don't know who I am, but um, <laughs> I do music as well too. So that's why getting a little bit nerdy with all the, the musical talk, but uh, shout out Revilla. <laughs> www. One, two. Revilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, hashtag branding. Hashtag nobody does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so one of the questions that I, I kind of like asking though too is, um, like, what is one of your biggest fuck-ups, though, like, in a creative field? My biggest fuck-up? Yeah. Oh. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it can be in terms of, like, this didn't work or, like, something that, like, set you back for, like, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just what, what like... Everybody struggles in the, in this industry. Um, it's just you don't usually see it, right? Mm-hmm. And so kind of what I wanted to do with the series is just show people kind of behind the scenes, like what are the types of things that, you know, mm-hmm. a creative either in music or, you know, as a dancer even too. Um, yeah. Like what kind of things kind of set you back just so that they can learn from that and, you know, feel like some it's not always going right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I'm I am really hard on myself as a as a person, mm-hmm. I guess, but it it really translates to everything I do in in art. So um, something we will maybe put something out, or maybe I'll upload some random thing on SoundCloud, even if it was years ago, um, and I'll like it at first, and then eventually I'll just I'll just kind of throw it under the bus. You know, I'll be like, I'm not. I'm not sure if I can see that as my best work anymore. Like I always try to try to move on. I try to d- detach immediately. Um, one of the things that bothered me a lot earlier in Vibrator was uh, something good, you know. And and I I love that song actually. I I do love it. What what actually bothered me though is that it was our only song for a while, and and the longer it took to put something else out, the more it felt like I have to top this. Like I can't just put another thing out and have this other song still be better than it. Like, it's just, it'd be, it would feel humiliating to me as a, as a person. And I would feel like I failed as an artist if, if that ever happened, you know? And I have a feeling that's somewhat universal among artists. You're I'm feeling that head. I'm feeling that right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it's, it sucks to feel that. Um, but what I'm learning now, like, I think we're at our th- third. Yeah. Right, our third single now. We're so prolific. Because <laughs> when did something good come out? Oh, that was like 2014. I'm pretty, okay. Or 20, 26. I'm so bad. 2016. 2016, yeah. Must yeah. have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I'm learning now is even if you don't top your last track, there's always going to be people who like one of your songs better than the other, you know? There's, there's just as much potential for bias among your listeners as there is with yourself, right? So it's a little something for everybody. Yeah. Sweet. 
Um, Did that even answer your question? I I feel like I launched into. I guess, well, yeah, it was like it for me. It was like having a specific instance of you know, mm. when something didn't work. But you're talking about something good, right? Where well, that, yeah, since yeah. since something good came out, and then leading up to want you, I had to basically as as a person and as an artist just learn to accept that um, you know we might never make the something good part two. You know what I mean? Like something good will just be what it is. And that's, and that's a good thing that that's just what it is. And that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. And like, you can shut this down if it's, if it's too personal or anything. Um, but like, do you have like kind of, do you deal with any kind of mental health problems? If you're willing to talk a little bit about it. No, absolutely. Um, I haven't had anything diagnosed, but I definitely struggle, you know, um, and it's gotten better. You know, it's, I've struggled to the point where I felt like I had to figure it out. You know, I couldn't just live life by the seams and just get thrown around by my, my own emotions and my own reactions to my life. Other, you know, I, I would be living on the street right now if, if I did that. So I knew that at some point I had to take control of it and just figure out, okay, do I have triggers? What the hell is a trigger? You know, like what, where did it come from? Like specific instances in my life that make me feel this way about people or about things or about myself, you know? And I feel like now I've gotten a, a much better grip on it. Um, and I don't know if that's because of all the work I put into it or if it's just because I'm older now. I, I kind of take for granted, but I'm kind of, not that young anymore but yeah. i know i i start to become predictable enough where it's just like okay well, we're not gonna we're not gonna go down that path of you know spinning out of control yeah. so it's more the anxiety for you yeah well there's anxiety there's depression there's i used to think i was bipolar but i've, I've talked to someone who who has like a clinical level of bipolar depression and um she was like no <laughs> you have no idea but yeah. 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 It's just like when you're, when you're in that space though, you're like, it does, it does become hard to find that balance. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you're like, okay, like, do I have like something, something well, more, you know, I can yeah. tell you for sure. When I say yeah. like, I, I feel anxiety or I feel depression. I'm not saying that I have anxiety or that I have depression because that implies that's, that that's somehow the root cause of it. But I definitely feel them as symptoms at least. So they could be symptoms of something else for sure. Um, like sleep deprivation, you know, it could very well be that the only reason I have mood swings is because I don't sleep enough, but there's also another problem in this industry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I, I don't know. Whenever I hear people who are like, yeah, I have all these problems. And then they're like, well, I don't sleep enough. And we'll just fucking sleep. Like start there, like sleep. And then tell me the next day how you feel and just see if maybe half of your problems go away instantly. Right. Or, Oh, I don't drink enough water. Like, well, maybe you should drink that thing that you'd literally die if you didn't have for like three days. You know, I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah. I don't know. It's just the littlest things that could be causing mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's tough. It's, it's just, it's really tough to figure out too. Right. Yeah. Especially when you're in it. And you're just like, oh, because you can't see out, outside yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I figured out for myself is because um, 
Right. We're, we're talking about um, professionalism in, in art, right? And I found that uh, as a person, I'm really hard on myself, but that's also what makes me accountable for what I put out as an artist. So that's actually part of my creative process is to get my ego involved. You know, I put my ego on the line. You know, if, if this dance that I'm choreographing sucks, that means I suck, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I make that real in the process or else to me, that's like the realest way I can really be accountable for what comes out. But since, again, since we're talking about professionalism, this, is, this should be a, a professional process, which means I, I shouldn't be that way when I'm not working. Mm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I need to learn to be able to turn that off when I'm spending time with family and you know, being around people that I don't want to be judgmental around. You know? But then when I go into the studio, I need to be completely harsh and critical and just you know, everything sucks until it's amazing. Yeah. Right. Um, so that now that I, I realize that I want to keep that as part of my process, I realize that it's really hard. It's really hard to just turn that off. Um, I don't know. I guess you said you studied some psychology. Yeah. So disclaimer, though, it's experimental okay. and applied. I have no clinical background. <laughs> Please, nobody come to me with any actual problems. This is just my way of like actually being able to talk about this with other creatives. <laughs> Disclaimer over. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is a pretty basic uh, concept, but you know, the concept of projection, right? So I'm really harsh on myself. And in the real world, that ends up translating into me being harsh and critical and judgmental of others. And to, to some people who don't know me, they just think that I'm an asshole, but really I'm just like, I, I'm just, I'm like that to myself too, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm learning when I start to react that way to, or I start to have these thoughts that creep in. I'm like, Oh, that person, the fucking shirt, just a nice fucking shirt, bro. You know, I'm it's just things, the littlest thoughts that I have no control over. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can start to steer away from that. And then, uh, turn it back on when I'm working on something important. Do you have any rituals that you do to kind of like try and switch or have you like tried anything yet that kind of like helps you get out of that mode? Um, no, but (laughs) cats just crawling on everything. (laughs) No, but there was a time in my life when I was super accepting I found that too in my past, I've gone through these huge dynamics of being polar opposite of something, if that makes sense. So um, just recently, maybe within the past couple of years, I went to the extreme of being way too hard on everybody, on everything, really jaded and narcissistic and just just had this really cynical outlook on, on the world. And like almost mathematically like like clockwork, like maybe three years before that, almost like a cycle before that, I was just completely like, live free, love, spirituality, we are all one. I swear, it was probably the books I was reading too, actually. (laughs) I read a lot of those. The Law of Attraction. Be careful of the vibrations that you put out into the ether. Um... And I, and I believed it at the time. So that was authentically me at the time. So I don't have rituals to go back to that. I just can kind of ride those neural pathways again when I need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
again, I think it's more of an age thing. Like I'm, I've, I've had so many identity issues over the course of my like upbringing that now I can just access whichever one is going to make, make me healthier at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? So I know maybe if, um, I don't know, let's say I lose, I lose where I'm living or I lose my job or something, something where I need to become kind of a wolf. I can become, you know, a huge dick and just, (laughs) yeah. 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 Comes with being an old man. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Which I can't really say. <laughs> How old are you? I'm older. Are you older? I'm cutting than this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm slightly older. So this, I have no friends. So this is this is my way of like forcing other people my <laughs> For- age. Forcing friendship. Friends, <laughs> forcing friendship upon other people. Um, That's yeah. like one of your questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can Will we you be? be <laughs> Will you be my friend, Jono? Yes. And that's the episode. <laughs> and we're making eye contact. And we're making eye contact. Starry-eyed. Forever. Forever and ever. Um, so just, I, I guess, just a couple questions to kind of end it off. Okay. Um, a little bit later, because I, I, I know you got a date too. Um, so what, what do you think is like the best gift you've ever given somebody? Um... Uh, oh, oh, there's so many ways you can answer that. Yes, there is. I just want, I just want you to give me one though. It's the most memorable. The most expensive gift I think I've ever been able to give somebody. Hold on. Let me, let me think about how, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, the most expensive gift I think I've ever been able to give anybody in my life has been my absence. And I think to me, it's, it's a practice of selflessness is learning the, you know, sometimes, sometimes people need to miss you or sometimes people are better off without you. And it, and it's sometimes it's, that is a gift is being selfless enough to see that, Hmm. you know, and there was a time in my life when I, you know, was just so involved in my own shit when I would never be able to see that. But yeah. Cool. And, uh, what, if you could put, if you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would it be? And what would it say? Um, on my ceiling above my bed, (laughs) get the fuck up. It's like three already, dude. (laughs) In bold. (laughs) Oh, just, just to be clear, it's a very big, yeah. it's a very big sign. Just, like, <laughs> just, just a run-on sense. Actually, actually, it comes down as like it, as as like it gets later in the day. It just like slowly lowers <laughs> until it's just like right in front of your face. <laughs> until it's three o'clock and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> I need to get out." Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Um, what are the socials? What's coming up? What's coming up for Vibrator? I mean, basics, right? You got Vibrator Music on all the socials. That's VBRTR Music at Instagram. At Instagram? On Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. As far as what's coming up, um, I don't know if you've seen the the paid Facebook ads that we have coming out right now, but Mm, the picture of uh, of, uh, Vibrator and the wrong crowd. 
Mm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we got. So what's that? So that is Vibrator X, the wrong crowd coming July 22nd. So shared something is coming down between Vibrator and the wrong, and the wrong crowd. crowd. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, uh, dancing wise, sorry, we didn't actually get to too much of this, but oh, like, yeah. what's coming up for uh, dancing? Well, dancing things. Folk Fest is coming up. Uh, happens every August. This year it's August 16th, 17th, and 18th. That's and this the, is in Saskatoon? Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you guys know where the pavilion is, Art? Yeah, so it's going to be Hall C in uh, Prairie Land Exhibition Park. So it's a pretty big space, so we have enough space to support a party, which is what we're going to do, actually, is we're going to host a party featuring Vibrator. Um, hopefully some of the Trifecta crew, and definitely you, because I've talked to you about it. But we're going to have a, a party. We call it Manila at Night. So we have the dancing during the day, transitions to Manila at Night, and then we just party. So hopefully see everyone out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, this has been... LDC, Let's Express Creatives. Yeah. I, I'm Josh. This is. I feel like you need like a, with like a vocal bit. Oh, well, I don't, have a, I don't have a vocal bit, but I do have a, like an intro and an, an exit. How does it go? So it's, it's, it's the sweetest thing. Andy, uh, on our first episode, Andy recorded it for us. He's a comedian. Okay. But then it's just like this jazzy like trumpet. And then. Oh, that's perfect. And then it's like, yeah, he has like this really like. He has, he's a really good voice and so it's just like yeah uh, people will hear it at the end of this because <laughs> okay. i'll edit it in <laughs> uh so yeah that happened yeah and uh yeah thanks for doing this with me thank you so much all right